0: Hello, I'm Rami. And I'm Beth. And this is Brother Knows Quest, the podcast where I, your host, introduce my sister to the wonderful world of tabletop role-playing games. Beth, do you have any idea what we're talking about today? Do I ever? Sometimes you might. We're talking about this. I'm going to hand you two books. They're both the same book. One's just more recent and black and white, obviously. The more recent one I ordered on Kickstarter, it was a backer project, so it is signed I think the guy put my initial inside as well. I'm not sure. When you get a chance in the black and white one, open it and see if that looks like my initial beside his.
1: Yes. That's Uh, your initials. Okay.
0: I looked through the book. was like, is this to me? Is that what this is? That's nice. I'm glad I backed it. It was only $20. Do you want to tell everybody what that is? I don't know. What does it say?
1: T-R-O-I-K-A?
0: Troika. It's very psychedelic looking, isn't it? It's British also. Yes. The colored ones you got is the original and the one that's mostly still produced. It's a good quality book if you haven't noticed. I still ain't sure why they'd done the second run of it. I think they might have clarified some rules just a little bit better. Uh, Also took out a lot of the photos, a lot of the artwork, so it's a more concise book. But I backed it all the same just to get that. And I'm I'm glad I did. And now I got two copies and the digital copies. Uh, Troika, I want to read a little description of it here inside the book. Troika, a science fantasy RPG in which players travel by eldritch portal to non-Euclidean labyrinth and golden-sailed barge between... The uncountable crystal spheres strung directly across the humpback sky. What you encounter on those spheres and in those liminal places is anybody's guess. I won't presume to tell you. Though inside this book you'll find people and artifacts from these worlds which will suggest the shape of things. It's a very wonderful little adventure in the book as well. And I believe the one I got from Kickstarter has a little bit extra in it. Explain what you see on the cover. It is really, well, psychedelic, isn't it? It's just like, um, out there. I I don't know. I think it's a robot of entrails. I don't know. It's a 2d6 game. I need to say that much. It's very simple rules. Your character creation is you roll 1d3, which is plus three. So you roll a d6, half it, and then add three uh, to get your skill. Determine skill. Roll 2d6 plus 12 to determine stamina. Roll 1d6 plus six to determine luck. Record uh, baseline possessions that everyone has, which is 2d6, silver pence, a knife, a lantern, a flask of oil, a rucksack and six provisions and roll 66, which is two sixes on a background table, which uh, also gives you more possessions. It also, the backgrounds are the reason I'm bringing this up because it literally says the setting is kind of vague and it leaves you a lot for you to interpret yourself. There is some artifacts in the book that you could read on about. It gives you more idea about the world itself. Think of an area where a lot of different dimensions meet, I guess is the best way to put it. So you come across a whole lot of different, well, people you could play as, or the things you could play as. Backgrounds are everything your character was before you get a hold of them. That's how the book puts it. And it also gives you rules for making your own backgrounds since they're so out there, which is nice. Any type of game gives you an option to make your own backgrounds and stuff. Mm -hmm. now it starts off at 11 the backgrounds do because you rolled like i said a 66 to get the backgrounds and then it goes up to 66 because you can't roll under 11 and on 2d6 well two ones if i would recommend you start on the page five maybe a little bit before five it'll start with the backgrounds there's some interesting ones you can look through i'm going to mention a few of them actually you get the burglar which is a standard kind of thing you find in an rpg the art that come with it is great As a second story man, you often have cause to wonder. Enemies come naturally from both sides of the law, and it pays to keep ahead of the trouble. Your possessions are a crossbow, 18 bolts, roll of lock picks, grappling hook. Your advanced skills are sneak, lock, awareness, climb, trapping, knife, fighting, crossbows. Uh, You may test your luck, which this game does have a luck skill, to find and get in with the local criminal underbelly if one exists. Let's say that was kind of standard. Another background, if you roll a 15 on your 2d6, a chaos champion, which shows this person, a woman, I believe, sitting and holding a massive hammer, a hammer that's as tall as they are. So you're a champion of chaos, but the description says, you no longer don the spiked brass armor, but you still have the ear of your chaos patron. They're happy for you to experiment with not plunging your world into disorder and ultimately darkness, but the door is always open. Your possessions are Ritual Scars, a huge maul, so it wasn't a hammer, it's a maul, same kind of thing. Assortment of ragged armor, and a dream journal, which is almost full. Your special ability is, name your patron. You may call upon your patron for aid once per day on 3D6. The GM will interpret their intervention. That's not something you come across as a normal background, is it? Have you ever heard, I'm a champion of chaos. Oh, I guess most d players are chaos. Mm-hmm. They, <laughs> Clavager, how do you like the art in the book so far? It, is, it does give a very 70s British vibe, doesn't it?
1: Yes, yes, um,
0: it does. The Keymasters wander the universe, fathoming the workings of all entryways. Though they're quite fascinated with simple chests and doors, they are most excited by metaphysical and metaphorical barriers. You might find small conclaves of clavengers camped around the feet of a demon gate. Or debating appropriate methods of attack or building obscure machines of entry. You're festooned with keys, which counts as armor to you. You have so many keys on you, you're just covered in armor. A distinguished sledgehammer, which works like a maul, and lock picking tools. Then you have a lot of skills like strength, trapping. You have the spell open, you can see through things of another spell you got called see through. You're trained, your advanced skills, also mauls and well, locks. You have four locks on you. Or you can use locket or skills. Now, you also have dwarves. See, that sounds like an interesting background, doesn't it? You are a short, hairy, belligerent, alcohol-dependent creature. (laughs) The latter two may be linked, but you fight anyone who suggests as much. Since there are no dwarf women, men technically either, and no dwarf children or dwarf families, so you can fully commit yourself to the important dwarfy endeavors of creating fine art in unusual places. Your whole purpose is to travel around. To different spheres of existence and uh, plop down new artworks for places nobody would expect it. You have a masonry hammer, a roll of artist supplies. Um, sculpting is some of your advanced skills. Fist fighting, wrestling, hammer fighting, painting, metalworking. Okay, they have a special ability. Dwarfs may eat gems and rare minerals as food replacements. In fact, you vastly prefer the taste of minerals to mundane food. As dwarfs are genderless, you're immune to all compulsions that play on a creature's desire for sex. (laughs) You do not have sexual organs.
1: Okay.
0: Instead of urinating, you excrete through sweating, thus explaining your odor. Also, I didn't put it down in here, but if you roll like a 50, I can't remember what it is you become a badly built dwarf since dwarves are built out uh, of they build themselves a bit a, a, you know a dwarf get and like, i'm just trying to for me to make another dwarf and I'll build a dwarf cause they're artists and they make things and they have no sex organs they make them a new breed they 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 breed by making more of themselves by carving or something uh, there's a mouth a badly made one you could roll so i might be a dwarf but you could also be a badly made dwarf <laughs> i don't know how it could get worse uh number 24 is an exotic warrior no one has heard of your homeland your habits are peculiar. Your clothes are outrageous. And in a land jaded to the outlandish and new, you still somehow manage to stand out, which is saying a lot because we have talked about some bizarre people. Yeah. Um, a possessions. A weird and wonderful weapon. Strange clothes. An exciting accent. That is considered a possession. A tea set or three pocket gods. Um, advanced skills. Fighting in your weird weapon. Oh, you're only skilled at fighting. In that With that one word weapon. The no. way they put that is weird. Number 26. Fellow of the peerage of porters and basin fillers. Okay. Can you guess what their job is?
1: Fill in basins.
0: Luggers are a servile group by nature, most often found in the service of others, weighed down by loads that would buckle a donkey. You take pride in this so much so that everyday assignments of the guild cannot sate your desire to serve, causing you to venture out in search of a real challenge for such talented varlet. Uh, So, you have a wooden yoke as a possession, a bale hook, it works like a knife, and you're trained in hook fighting, and you're trained really well in strength. So you're just a porter. You are the luggage carrier, and the people who pour, you're just a servant. You like to serve, which is perfect. I mean, I would love for somebody in my party to be that. number 31, Beth, is a gremlin catcher. This one I thought of you when I got it. No matter what country, sphere, or abstract dimension you may find yourself in, be assured that gremlins will be there digging their warrens and bothering nice people willing to pay you a shiny penny to bash their little heads in. (coughs) Um, You have, in your possessions one D6 empty gremlin jars, a jar with a pissed-off gremlin inside, a flap cap, a club, a sack, and a small but vicious dog. Aww. I know, right? I would do it just for the dog. Always <laughs> <laughs> oh, got it on his head. Find him in the book. I'm uh, pretty sure that's a, he's got the gremlin around his neck.
1: <clears throat> what was it?
0: Uh, the gremlin catcher. It's number 31 in the character sections. Backgrounds.
1: Yep, there's a gremlin with a jar around his neck.
0: No, that's a man with a gremlin in a jar around his neck.
1: Didn't I say that?
0: No, you said there's a gremlin with a jar around his neck. You're calling the man a gremlin?
1: (laughs) No, I'm pretty sure I said in a jar. No. Oh, well, I am into. And yeah, that looks like a little vicious vicious dog with a huge (laughs) mouth.
0: I love it. Oh, goodness. Um, Okay, number 32, a journeyman of the guild of sharp corners. Can you guess what they might be good at? You are an assassin in training, graduated from fighting dummies and branding practice clients. Freshly imbued with the license to ply your trade. So you're an assassin in tra- training, which is something, did you hear what I just said there? You went from fighting dummies and branding practice clients. Branding? That's, yeah, you bra- you just walk up to sneak up to some random person and brand them. Aha, I could have assassinated you, but good thing I'm in training and took off. That's nice. Yeah. Um, you have a, cor- a curved sword, poison skills. Three vials of poison in your inventory. And also, I would like to play this one, number 34. Lonesome Monarch. You were the ruler of all you surveyed, a great conqueror, a law bringer. Unfortunately, your horse sped off into the pixie forest, or the court magician ensured your disappearance, or you led a sortie into a, the stars to put your stamp on them as well. Either way, you are now a lost and lonely sovereign without a kingdom. No one has heard of you or your people. Most don't believe you and laugh, or worse, they believe you and then shrug. (laughs) You have a nice weapon of your choice, a crown, a tired horse. You have advanced skills in etiquette, fighting, but only with your nice weapon. So you're just a lost king or queen. Now here's one that also sounds nice. Number 35, you're a member of the Miss Kinsey's Dining Club. The eaters know that there is only two worlds, the world without and the world within, They intend to insert as much of the prior into the latter as they can while experiencing the finest delights available. All culinary experience is open to them, as nothing is forbidden. At Miss Kinsey's, try the other, other, other white meat. Um. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would play this, too. Sharp metal dentures are in your possession. Damages as a sword.
1: So you go around biting people? Mm Mm-hmm. Cool.
0: Or you can have some blunt metal dentures. It damages as a knife. And you can eat hard objects with it. You also have an embroidered napkin. You have three in your skills and etiquette. And you have uh, one skill point in gastrology. Eaters are immune to mundane ingested poisons. They may also identify any object if eaten, gaining knowledge of its material, its origin, and its magical properties. Uh, You have to test with your gastrology skill to do that, though. Now, that one does sound fun, too, doesn't it? There's another one here I thought of when I seen you, though. Yeah. Um. It's a Parchment Witch, number 42. I talk about this sometimes with Dakota because i never forget it when I first heard about it. Parchment Witch. Known for their smooth skin, midnight gatherings, and preternatural fear of rain and open flames, the Parchment Witches are long-dead sorcerers who cannot give up the vanity of life. They cover themselves in perfect paper skin and patiently painted and immaculately folded imitation of life intended to hide ancient bones and gristle. In your possessions is a D6 roll of parchment. A vial of pigment and powders. A collection of brushes, I guess, to paint the pigment and powder on with. Mm. A sword cane. You also have two spell, your skills. You have two in the spells for the single spell protection from rain. You also have quench at two as well which means you, I guess, put out fire. Um, your special abilities. You are undead and do not need to breathe or circulate your blood. You take double damage from civil weapons, though. So you're a dead person pretending to be a normal person by covering yourself in paper. But I guess that's why they're terrified of rain and fire.
1: I'm not afraid of rain.
0: No, but I do look. I like, the, I like a lot of these. I'd love to play as a lot of these. I would like to play as a character who every time it started the drizzle, I scream and throw my hands up in the air and run as fast as I can. Or... Someone lit a candle near me, and so I do the same. It would just be fun to wildly overplay that. But I guess if I was made of paper, I would also do that. (laughs) Wouldn't you not? I mean. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Number 54. Fellow of the Sublime Society of Beefsteaks. Brawlers believe the application of might and a good beefsteak is the universal truth. Words have no power and can no more define the universe than they can build a house, lift a cup, or sear a steak. Might can. Really, they have thought a lot about this. A weapon of your choice. That's up to you. You have two kilograms of premium meat cuts, a waistcoat, a bottle of strong but fancy wine, and a small gridiron to cook your steak on. You're good at wrestling, fighting skills of your choice, swimming, climbing, running, fist fighting, and grilling. (laughs) I could see these in the uh, Mrs. Kenzie's dining club.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you could be a guy, just a big buff dude who really likes steaks. A thinking engine. Your eyes are dull, ruby spheres. Your skin is hard and smooth like ivory, but brown and whorled like wood. You are clearly broken. You have no memory of your creation or purpose. And some days, your white internal juices ooze thickly from cracks in your skin. You have a soldering iron, a detachable autonomous hand or centurion body. Astrology is some good skills for you, running, strength, cooking. You could have been a golden barge pilot traveling between the spheres. Uh, that's a good skill for you also. Special. You don't recover stamina by resting in the usual manner. Instead, you must spend a full rest period with a hot iron, welding your skin back together like putty. So it is the science part of the science fantasy. Uh, clearly you're a robot, or you could play as a vengeful child. If you roll a 62, your village was burnt hmm. down. Yeah. Your village was burnt down by ruffians or your mother was beheaded by snake cultists. Your father was hung by a corrupt official. Either way, you took umbrage and entered the world with a chip on your shoulder and an oversized sword on the other. You have a too large sword. It's not magical. It's just sentimental. And you have a skill in vengeance. Now, this is the last one I want to read. It's number 65. It's a Yongardi lawyer. Okay, this is a lawyer I'm reading about here. Now, I don't know what they do in Longardi, but it does sound like an interesting place to practice law because down in Yungardy, they do things differently. They respect the law. Every day, there is a queue outside the courts to get the seat to see the latest up-and-coming barrister defend their case with a merit of steel. The people follow the careers of their favorite solicitors, watch all their cases, collect their portraits, and sneak into the court after hours to dab the patches of blood on white handkerchiefs. In Young Gardy, they love the law. You have a rapier and a puffy shirt and uh, lots of scars or a longsword, a heavy armor, hammer, shield, or gargantuan shield at that. You do have a manual on young law, a barrister's wig, and you're good at fighting with your chosen weapon, etiquette, and healing. I do believe these lawyers are... Interesting. Yes, which explains, so law is determined by combat. And if you are a lawyer, you go in, but they still dress like British lawyers. Have, you know what they look like right
1: no i've never seen a british law you
0: have the internet now google it right now look at a uh, british lawyer what attire. is the
1: difference between a british lawyer and a regular just look well, at it. i wouldn't say regular but american lawyer look at it oh
0: okay so it's imagine that going out to battle with a
1: so they still wear the wigs
0: yeah why beth it's tradition i guess i don't i'm not a british solicitor how would i know okay so mm-hmm. when you've seen that farce of a trial Pirates of the Caribbean with all those wigs and stuff in London, that's that's pretty much what still happens, apparently. Hmm. I, I probably not, but that'll give you an idea how weird this game can be. It's designed to be weird. Yeah uh, all there is are the rules now, which is kind of simple. You have your D sixes. You can get everything as a from a D three, a D six, a sixty six, or a D sixty six six hundred and sixty six. Just depends on how you roll. You roll under for most things that are skills, uh but in combat you roll over against your opponent. 2d6s each. Uh, Initiative is another cool thing about this game. Assign each character two tokens, like a bag of marbles of different colors. So you give, each character gets two marbles of one color, so every player does, and then the enemy also has different color marbles. If you have eight lizard men, at the sample they gave us, eight lizard men, with an initiative of two, you would add 16 of the same colored marble, or token, or whatever, into a bag, with the player's two tokens. And then one token, by itself, of a different color than all the rest of them. And that is the token that signifies the end of a round. You know how you go around in combat? hmm Okay. If that color comes out, the round's over, no matter who hasn't went yet or who how many times somebody else has went, because everybody should have at least two tokens in there. So you might go more, like two times in a round, or the enemy might go all at once, and then you don't even get one before the other color is pulled out and the turn ends. It's just weird how that works out, but I like it. It's, it keeps it simple. You just pull a color out, and whoever's color it is, it's their turn. The GM removes a color from the stack at random, which determines who holds initiative that turn. And that's all I got to say about Troika. This, this, the rules are so simple. They're like just a couple of pages, really. The spells are in the back. I didn't go into those. The characters, the backgrounds for the characters are what's really important in this game because it is a beautiful world. The art itself, I bought it for the art and the uh, a couple of the backgrounds I really wanted to try out but never have got a chance to. I watched some people play it online. Google it. YouTube it. I recommend it. Would you play this wacky game? Considering how simple the rules are once you get your...
1: I like simple.
0: Yeah, I do too. I prefer simple.
1: I looked up the wigs thing. They do wear them for tradition, and it's also an insult if you don't. And it's <laughs> also like supposed to be a sign of power and to tell the difference between who's a part of the court and who's
0: not. We just wear name <laughs> tags. Yeah. I love it. Don't Don't change it. Keep it. <laughs>
1: I would rather wear the wig. I don't like wearing name tags and people knowing my name.
0: Well, I hope the place is very cool. Otherwise you're going to burn up. <laughs> I wonder how much those cost. But they're not cheap.
1: Uh, probably not. I'm assuming the, the ones clientele. with real hair. I don't know if they make like regular wigs that is not real hair.
0: Yeah. Or if they all wear real hair. I can't or how that you works. didn't know that. Would you play this? Yeah. Okay. It's simple. Yes, I would play this. I would love to play this. I think It'd be a good idea for us to try to run this as one of the earlier games we play when we start properly doing that. Because this, uh, like I said, if you'd like to look at it, I'll put an affiliate link for a drop-through RPG. You get the PDF, and might, you might be able to get the print version on there as well. I'll put both if they are there in the description of this episode. We've had to postpone our Twitch streams that we were doing me and Beth because of audio issues. Where I'm in the process now of a couple of days away uh it'll be a week late by the time you hear this so i'll be done with it by then um but i have remedied that i just had to wait for our part to come in the mail then we'll be streaming again
1: so we'll get to play halo again together yeah uh, Um, but we're not
0: going to do it on twitch we're going to do it on youtube big big change now that i have a oh i
1: know more about youtube anyway so yeah
0: so all the stuff we've been saying about twitch you could keep subscribed one day we might jump over there and start doing stuff again once i get more used to the streaming thing but for now we're very comfortable on youtube and we will try to uh get that going and then branch out i'd had to get a game in pc just to get this done so i don't want to mess up by trying on both places at once go to our youtube subscribe there you'll start getting notifications from them if you sign up click the bell icon like and subscribe you know all the stuff you hear if you are on audio go ahead head over there um you can also listen to our podcast there if you want or on youtube music if you want to listen that way it's all part of youtube If you're not, and you're listening to this on YouTube, well, anywhere you're listening, there will be a link in the description, a link tree link. It will take you to all of our socials. Our uh, homepage is the first link you come to. It will show you all of our other podcasts, which I'll explain those in a second. It'll give you an option to donate to whichever podcast you like if you want to donate. If you do, we really appreciate it. Follow the Twitter and the TikTok if you like. If you want updates frequently on what we're going to do, the TikTok may have some of it. If anything I can make into a video, anything I can't make, will show up on Twitter or x anyway thank you for listening I've been Raimi and I'm Peth. this has been Brotherdo's Quest bye bye